the word of God. You know, he, he, he might tell you what he thinks, but he'll always say, now this is, this is Jimmy. You know, but you go and, and check it. Uh, but, uh, and I say the same thing. Um, there, there are some things that I'll say today that I'll say, and I believe this based on the word of God. It may not be uh, <clears throat> something written just outright, but just based on the evidence in the word. But you go back, I'll give you the scripture references, you go back and check it out. You know, I've, al I've always loved the Easter story, uh, the, the, this time of year. I remember, I, some of you are probably too young to remember that movie, King of Kings. Anybody remember that movie? King of Kings? And uh, it, it had a, what, what I thought then was a graphic rendition of the, the crucifixion of Christ. I remember I was eight or nine years old. I went to bed that night and I was just bawling. They hung Jesus on the cross. Just crying. <laughs> and uh, so this, 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 this time of year, this, the, the Easter season, the resurrection season, uh, the crucifixion season uh, has, a, has a very special place in my heart, whether I'm bringing the message or whether I'm not. <clears throat> and uh, when Pastor asked me, he said, Brother Cleveland, I'm going to be out of town, such and such. Would you... Uh, would you uh, be prepared to bring the message? And he said, if you would, preach on the cross. And uh, I thank the Lord for him telling me that. You know, a lot of times, those of us who stand in for pastor every so often, you know that uh, as soon as he asks you, you start searching, trying to see, what, Lord, what do, you want, what do you want me to talk about? Well, he told me outright, and I'm so glad that he did. <laughs> He said, I preach on the cross. There was a time when I was, uh, I was teaching a, a, an adult uh, Bible class. It, actually, it was, a, it was like Sunday school. We, we call it Christian education at our old church. And I was talking about um, Isaiah 53. And, uh, and I remember in that class, I got about halfway through and I got all choked up just based on the things that, that we, were, we were reading and what we were saying. And I'm, I mean, I, I couldn't get my words out. And uh, because of what he did was so wonderful. Uh, words can't describe it. What he did was so good. Yeah. Praise God. <clears throat> uh, later years, after, after uh, during that class, one of the students looked at me like, are you okay? Because it's just how, it's, it's like just something going on on the inside when you read, when you read Isaiah 53. For many of you, most of this will be review. It will be things that you've heard before. And, but I think sometimes, uh, if for no other reason but for this, for this season, it's good to just review some things. Uh, Coach Jackie, in her prayer, uh, when we opened up for praise and worship, she said, she said Lord, us, uh, Lord, remind us, in, in a sense what she was saying, remind us of the, of the price that you pay. Remind us of what happened when you, when you died for us on that cross. I think it's to our benefit to stop and just thank him for breaking the bread of your body, for spilling the, the wine, of your blood. Amen. How, how many of you just sometimes forget? I know I do. 
I forget. We, we, we forget those things. But that's the reason we're here. Praise God. The significance of the cross is actually, it actually started in the garden. That's the, my title. The significance of the cross, our tree of life. The significance of the cross is our tree of life. The significance of the cross actually started back in the Garden of Eden. Now, <clears throat> actually, according to, to Revelation, it started even before then. It started before the foundation of the earth was formed. But we won't go quite back that far. We'll go back to where we can read, <laughs> read it and see, and see what actually happened. But in, in, um, you can find that in Revelations 8. You don't have to turn to it. But uh, please, if you will, turn to, um, what was that first one, Sister uh, uh, Fowler? Huh? Huh? Yep, Genesis. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I got it on here, but yeah, Genesis uh, 2, 15 and 17. It says, then the Lord took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it, And tended, the Lord, the Lord God commanded them, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on the day that you eat from it you will certainly die. And uh, I like uh, Pastor, he, when he talks about it, he, he even refers to some of the literal translations that says, Dying, you shall die. The, the Young's literal translation says, dying thou dost die. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> let's get a picture here. Let's get a picture of this, this newly created man in this beautiful garden. This garden is full of fruit trees. Say there were two million of them. Two million fruit trees. God said, 1,999,999 Adam are yours. But one, the tree of good and evil, I want to hold that one for me. I don't know exactly why, but maybe it's just because of just the, to preserve his lordship. I want to hold that particular one. But guess what? When he told them they could eat of every tree of that garden, there was another tree there. There was another tree there. It was called the tree, come on, of life. You don't hear about it until they're being put out of the garden. But there was a tree of life there. I believe that God wanted them to hurry up and get over there and eat of that tree of life. If they had gone to eat of that tree of life right away, if they got, now look, again, this is not written by word. I'm just as clean. He told them to eat of every tree in that garden. That meant the tree of life. Praise God. And if they would have eaten of that tree of life, let's, let's turn to Proverbs 3.18. Put Proverbs <clears throat> This is what would have come if they had eaten of the tree of life. 
Proverbs 3.18 says, Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are they who hold her fast. Proverbs uh, 11.30, another uh, uh, attribute of the tree of life. The fruit of righteousness, excuse me, is a tree of life. And he who is wise wins souls. The first part is why we really wanted us to key on. Proverbs 13 and 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but what? But desire fulfilled is what? Is a tree of life. I believe all of those attributes were in that tree of life. I believe that they had, if they had eaten of that tree of life first, every desire would have been fulfilled and every question would have been answered immediately for all eternity, but they didn't. They didn't. If they had eaten of that tree of life, every question would have been answered. Everything that the enemy put in front of them I believe they would have been able to identify right away the squatter. You know what a squatter is? That's what, the, uh, that's what the enemy was then. He was a squatter. He had no right to be in their garden. But being that they were the authority of that, at that, uh, that the Lord placed in authority at that time in the garden, they had to put him out. So he gets between them. I believe this is what happened. Pastor Jimmy says it like this. You can't prove it didn't. So <laughs> uh, I just want to take a minute right here to just uh, say how much I appreciate Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Deborah. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate the leadership of this house. And, uh, you know, they know what we need and they try to get it to us. Praise God. And I, I thank the Lord for that. But um, I believe the enemy stood between them and that tree of life, almost trying to keep them from seeing it. And he focused their eyes on that tree that the Lord said, don't eat of. He stood between them and he said, now, now look at that tree. And they saw the tree that it was beautiful. And then he said, has God said? Praise God. It's the same thing he says. You know, he ain't got no new tricks. It's the same thing he does with us. It's the same thing. But <clears throat> let, me, let me stay with my notes. So the enemy, no doubt, as quickly as he could, intercepted them and was able to deceive them. Well, at least he deceived Eve. You know, the Bible never says that Adam was deceived. He fooled them into thinking. He fooled them into thinking that Father God was lying to them and withholding something from them and that he was so insecure that he didn't want them to be like him when in, in, in he really exactly did want them to be like him. when that was exactly what the father wanted and still does. And they believed the enemy. They obeyed him and consequently gave all that was created for them and their posterity into the hands of Jehovah's arch enemy. But God had a plan. Say, God had a plan. It was a redemptive plan. 
Now, the plan did not begin the day Adam fell. We see a glimpse of the, uh, <coughs> uh, the, the plan abso ab absolutely was put, ab I'm sorry, the plan actually was put into place before the foundations of the world. We can see that in Revelations. But Genesis 3.21 says, the Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now tell me, where did the Lord get skin? He had to get it from an animal. See, something had to die. And he got it from an animal. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The father would have, would have had to kill an animal in order to get their skin. Thus, blood was shed. I believe blood was and is important to God because it is a symbol of something that someone have died. Someone or something have died. That animal's blood was also foretelling the good news of a savior that's coming. You know, the, the, the blood was not just covering our sin, but it was, it, was, it, was a, it was telling, it was a prophecy that a true Savior is coming. It's not written out, but I believe God taught this concept to Adam. I believe God taught it to Adam. That's how Adam uh, learned it. I believe Adam taught it to Cain and Abel. Y'all remember them? You remember uh, they came with their offerings? Cain brought an offering, and the offering, I mean, uh, Abel brought an offering, and the offering was accepted. Cain brought another offering. He brought uh, uh, fruits and veggies, but there was no blood in it. There was no picture of a coming Savior. There was nothing to say, like, there's something here that God said, something has died. No, they were fruits and veggies. And I believe because God did not receive his offering that Cain knew better. You know, I believe, now this is not written, but I believe Adam trained them boys. Before, uh, they watched their daddy doing sacrifice. They, I believe he trained those boys to sacrifice an animal. But Cain said, well, look here, I'm going to bring what I got. And he brought vegetables. And God said, no, that's not acceptable. And he said, uh, go back. And he said, why is your countenance fallen? If you would do well, and I believe Cain knew what he was supposed to do. He knew what was required. Blood is required. Praise God. We saw blood shed at the time of the first Passover. This can be found in Exodus 12 and 13. It says, and the blood that has become a sign for you on the houses where you are. And I have seen the blood and have passed over you. And a plague is not on you for destruction in my smiting in the land of Egypt. Do, uh, everybody remember that story? I'm just walking you through where blood was uh, shed. 
Blood was shed. You remember when the children, they were, it was right before they left out of Egypt. There was an angel, a death angel coming through. Actually, the plague was going to be against Egypt, but God, uh, the Lord said, hey, I want everybody to have a lamb. I want, you, I want you to kill that lamb and put his blood on the mantle and on the doorpost. Praise God. And when I come, when that death angel come by, when they see the blood, they'll do what? Pass over. And everybody in that house will live. Praise God. Another picture of the blood. Moses was given the law. When the law was given, we start to see a lot of blood animal sacrifice, a lot of blood, blood, animal, blood animal shed, animal blood shed, I'm sorry. Man was what I call on life support for our souls. For thousands of years, having our sins covered by the blood of sheep, goats, and bulls, animal blood. Look at Leviticus uh, 1 and 4. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, that it may be accepted for him to make atonement on his behalf. He shall slay the young bull before the Lord and, the, and Aaron's sons. The priest shall offer up the blood and sprinkle the blood around on the altar, that is, at the doorway of the tent of meetings. All of this animal sacrificing was a foretelling Galatians 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. It was because of the fullness of time that John the Baptist was able to declare. You can see it in, in John 1.29. I'm sorry, is that 1.29, Sister Fowler? Oh, I'm sorry, didn't get that to you. It's, it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then another day he said, the second day he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And notice John did not say, behold the Lamb of God who covers the sins of the, Lord, of the world. I thank the Lord. Jesus' disciples wanted Jesus to come and set up his kingdom right away. They had seen Jesus turn water into wine. They had seen him feed in upwards of 20,000 people, people with almost nothing. They had seen him walk on water, find money in fish's mouth, speak to tornadoes. They'd seen him raise the dead, heal people sick from birth. They'd seen him cast out devils and more, so they knew he was the coming Messiah. They were already picking out where each one of them were going to be seated when Jesus came into his kingdom. But the issue that kept man separated from the heavenly father had not been thoroughly addressed. The lifeblood and nature of man was still contaminated by sin and would still be passed down from, uh, to every other coming generation unless, unless, unless we could 
find the cure. Lest we could find a, an antidote. Lest we could find a remedy. You see the lifeblood of an animal, of any animate being is in his blood. If the blood becomes infected, death is inevitable. If blood is lost, enough of it, death is certain. But if that blood could be replaced, then life would continue unhindered and uninterrupted. Leviticus 17 and 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. Now let's look at Jesus. He came to earth born of a woman. But he was not impregnated, but she was not impregnated by a man. She was impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God. The seed that was planted in Mary was the holy seed of God. So that holy seed had perfect blood. I call it God blood. That holy seed had God blood. So they hung him on that tree or that cross bleeding from his head to his feet. God's perfect blood was poured out for all humanity from Adam to now. Not one drop, not one drop of God's blood was wasted. It was all taken to heaven and poured out on the judgment seat of Christ. And as soon as that perfect God blood hit that altar, that judgment seat was transformed into a mercy seat for you and me. To any unbelieving eye, the cross of Jesus Christ looked like a tree of death, destruction, disease, despair, pain, poverty, and suffering. It looked like total judgment, and guess what? That's exactly what it was. It was exactly that. But the perfect God blood of this spotless lamb made this an eternal tree of life for all who would receive it as for them. 1 Corinthians 8, 1, 18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. To get a true glimpse of how severe the crucifixion was, you can't go to Hollywood. You've got to go to Isaiah 52, 14. His face was so, this is Isaiah. It said his face, this is the, uh, the living translation. Sorry, Sister Paula. This fa his face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, 
one would scarcely know that he was a man. But why was this necessary? Bear with me, turn to Isaiah, Isaiah 53. Starting with chapter one. It says, who has believed our report? And to whom was the arm of the Lord, has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we would look at him nor an appearance that we would take pleasure in him. But he was despised and abandoned by men, a man of great pain and familiar with sickness. And like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we had no regard for him. I like how the living uh, translation said, the living translation said, and we did not care. Read it. He said, and we did not care. However, it was our sickness that he himself bore and our pains that he carried Yet we ourselves assume that he had been afflicted, struck down by God, and humiliated. We weren't there at that time, but the people assumed that it was his fault that he was going through what he was going through. But he was pierced or wounded for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid upon him, and it was by his wounds that we are healed. Verse 6 says, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way. For the Lord has called the wrongdoing of us all to fall upon him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? It says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that was led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before his shears. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living for the wrongdoing of my people to whom the blow was due? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And his grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was 
with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord desired, now look, this, this, this part right here. We, we, we say it, we quote it, we say it to people for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But this is kind of amplified right here. But the Lord desired to crush him. Causing him grief. If he renders himself as a guilt offering. He will see his offspring. Who is that? That's us. He will prolong his days even to eternity. I added that. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. In the New Living Translation, it says, the good plan. The good plan of the Lord. I told you he had a plan. The good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And there is, as a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge of the righteous one, my servant will justify many. For he will bear their wrongdoings. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great. And he will divide with the strong because he poured out life unto death and was counted with wrongdoers. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the wrongdoers. That was Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. We just thank the Lord for what he's done. All the blood, what he's done. It was more than enough. More than enough. You know what, though? Pastor Miller, he uses a phrase. Uh, he says, Every divine declaration is also a divine invitation. So this is, this is more than just telling the, the Easter story, telling the, the, the story of Jesus dying on the cross. This is a, it's a divine invitation for us to say, hey, that was for me. You know, an invitation is no good unless it's accepted or unless it's, um, it's responded to and said, hey, yeah, I'm coming. I received that. And uh, there, there are a lot of people that, that, um, that they, they, they enjoy the, the declaration, but they never respond to the invitation. Praise God. And before I close today, I would just like to, if they would just put the prayer up on the, uh, on the screen. Uh, guys, you got it? The blood that he shed was for you. But you know, the blood that was shed was more than just for our sins. There may be some that may be saved, but the blood was also for your healing. I didn't go into it, but uh, there were there's seven 
places on the body of where Jesus bled from. And all of them were to affect and he bring healing to different parts of us. But the blood was for your healing. The blood was for your, your provisions. The blood was for your peace of mind. The anguish of your soul. It was all covered in the blood. There was nothing about us, nothing, nothing that we could go through. There's no issue that we have that the blood has not covered. So we thank you, Father, for the, the breaking of the bread of your body. We thank you, Lord, for the spilling of the blood, of, of the wine of your blood. We glory in you today for all that you've done in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and the grief and the pain and suffering that you suffered on that cross, it wasn't for you. It was for us. So Lord, we respond to your invitation with a resounding yes. We respond to your invitation with a resounding we accept. We accept what you did for us on that cross. We thank you, Lord for what you've done. We thank you, Lord, for opening the door to a new life for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for transforming us all through your blood. So, Lord, as we go into this season of celebration, we thank you, give you glory, for choosing us to be heirs of salvation. We thank you in Jesus' name. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, please, let me give you an invitation right now. It's real simple, it's not hard. If you would, just put your eyes on the screen. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. I ask you to give me a new heart and a new start. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.